Welcome to Mad Lit Musings, a podcast with Jamie Jo Wright, where we go deeper and ask the tough and dangerous questions. Today's episode is sponsored by Ravel and Bethany House Publishers, which are divisions of Baker Publishing Group. Find out more at bakerpublishinggroup.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Madlet Musings. Today, we have not a debut author, but she's a new author to Bethany House Publishers, um, mm-hmm. but she has more books written than I do, so let's not even remotely call her debut. Her name is Gabrielle Meyer, and welcome to Thank the podcast. you. I'm excited to be here. I'm super glad to have you here. Now, you and I have known each other for quite a while. We used to blog yes. together. Yeah, and I think before that... Um, we met back when um, you were right before you signed on with your first agent because she was my agent. That's right. So, yeah. Yes. So that, that was, gosh, at least 10, nine years ago. I don't even know. I think it was probably because I, I know I had a baby at the time. It was probably my son. So that would have been about 10 years. Yeah. It's crazy how fast time flies and look at how God has taken us on such a crazy journey. Yeah, I know that we both had the same dream growing up, which was to be a Bethany House publisher author. Yes, so we I've heard of, this. We kind of have a mutual connection there with this this childhood dream of ours, right? Yep, for sure. I had um, my very first Christian novel that I read was it wasn't actually Love Comes Softly. It was Love's Long Journey, but it was mm-hmm. in that same series. Yep. And I remember flipping over that book and looking at the Bethany House logo. And then I saw St. Paul, Minnesota and growing up in Minnesota, I was like, oh no, look at that. I could be an author for this company. And I was like 10. So very young. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I was 13 when I first started um, reading Bethany house books and yeah, it was, it was the same for me. It was immediate. It was just to me logical to switch to the back and see who the publisher was. And that has to be something instinctual that God put in us because I don't think most, most kid readers pay attention to the publisher. Right. And maybe I wouldn't have, unless it said St. Paul, Minnesota and that connection. Yeah. That resonated with me, but yeah, every, so then every single time I picked up a book at the library, I looked for that logo and that's that's where the dream was born. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. And so tell us a little bit about what you've written and then what is coming out from Bethany house. Sure. So I believe my first book that I ever wrote um, released in 2015. And since then, I want to say that this new one from Bethany House will be number 25. Wow. Okay. It's been quite a few. Um, So yeah, I wrote for Barbara for a while, did some novellas, historical, historical is what I always love. Mm -hmm. Then um, started writing historical novels for Love Inspired. And then they closed down their historical line. And then I started writing contemporary novels for Love Inspired. And that was a completely different experience. It was one that I, I never would have done had they not closed their historical line. And I'm, I'm not happy they did, obviously. Right. But I'm happy that that gave me that opportunity to find something right. new. Right. Um, and I've, I've loved writing um, contemporary sweet romances. And then um, I've also written some guideposts, cozy mysteries, mm-hmm. again. That wasn't something I'd set out to do, but found that I've enjoyed that. So this book that comes out um, on May 3rd with Bethany House is a historical, and it's it's kind of a hard genre to pinpoint because it's time crossing, 
-hmm. and it's historical. So um, it's a story set in 1774, Colonial Williamsburg, and it's about a young woman named Libby. And Libby was born with a gift. So when she goes to sleep in 1774, she wakes up in 1914, New York City. Ooh. When she goes to sleep in 1914, she wakes up again in 1774. And it's been like this every day of her life since she was born. So um, on her 21st birthday, then she has to decide which life to keep and which one to forfeit. Oh. Yeah. So it's like I said, it's time crossing, but it's not your typical time travel, right? Um, because time travel tends to be somebody is living in modern time or their modern time, whatever, mm -hmm. whichever it might be. And then they, they fall through maybe a portal or have an experience where they end up in a historical timeline. Right. And then they're trying to get back to their current one. Right. So, so that's, that's the difference between time travel and time crossing. Yeah. I didn't even know that that existed. That's really interesting. So basically yeah. Libby is fully expecting what's happening to her because she's grown up right. that it's not like a, Oh my goodness, where am I? Right. Exactly. So, and her mother had the same gift. Okay. Um, and then, you know, her mother before her, her mother before her. So not every child that they have might be born with this gift or might not. So um, as Libby thinks about the possibility of having her own children someday, they might inherit the gift. They might not. It's kind of a risk that she'll have to take. Um, so yeah, it's, it was so much fun to write. I absolutely love this series. That sounds super fascinating. <laughs> yeah. It was a little challenging as you can imagine. Um, but this, the two time periods that I chose 1774 and 1914. Um, one of the reasons I chose those two is because in 1774, Libby and her family are trying to break away from Great Britain. And in 1914, Libby's mother in that time period, they're new rich in New York City, and her mother is trying to marry her off to an English Marquis. So oh. trying to kind of reestablish those ties with England. Right. So the conundrum there being who is Libby loyal to. Wow. That is a conundrum. Now, does she have a different set of parents in each timeline? Yep. So wow. in 1774, um, her mother in that time period is the one that carried the gift. And it's a mark that they have on their chest, kind of like a birthmark. Okay. Um, that that that's kind of when that baby is born and they see that mark, they know that that one is a time crosser. But in 1914, Libby has a completely different set of parents that have no idea that she's a time crosser. Oh yeah. So they, they're completely clueless. And of course she could tell them, would they believe her or not? Um, maybe as a child, she might've said weird things like all little kids say strange things. Mm -hmm. um, but as she grew up and she started to understand that she had this gift, she stopped talking about it in 1914. Okay. All right. In that time period. So yeah, they don't know. That's crazy. And so there's probably, you know, it sounds like there's a little bit of love interest in both time periods too. And yeah. So 1970 or sorry, uh, 1774, um, she is in love with a, uh, a, a man who's actually, uh, has a title, but they live in America. And so he wants to, you know, kind of toss that aside. Um, and she's technically not good enough for him. She's oh. a, yeah, she's a, her and her mother, the first female 
public printers in Virginia and her father's died. And then in 1914, she is, has a lot of money. She's an heiress. And when her mother brings her to England, she kind of has her pick of the litter there. So that's another contrast between her two lives. I love that. I can't wait to read it. The cover I've seen is stunning and it, it definitely shows the contrast. Mm-hmm. Um, which is difficult to show in a non-visual podcast, but still right. very stunning cover. <laughs> and um, so when you wrote the story, obviously story is important, but one of the things that we like to talk about here too, is the, the spiritual elements behind Christian fiction and the element of their faith journeys that's exampled in the characters, but also what drives you as an author to include that. So did you have like a spiritual theme in this book, or is there some sort of a journey that we can follow? Yeah. So this particular story, as you can imagine, um, Libby does know which life she wants to keep. Um, And as the story progresses, things kind of happen that are out of her control. And so she doesn't know if she's going to be able to choose the life that she actually wants, whether or not it'll be chosen for her. And as I wrote the story, one of the themes that kept coming back to me and God was doing it in my own life was this idea of his sovereignty Mm. that yes, he gives us free will, but he ultimately has a plan for us. And so as the story progressed, Libby struggled with that. Like, God, this is what I want. This is good. Why aren't you letting me have it? Right. So that was, that was huge. And again, it, it played out in my own life too, as I was writing it. Are you enjoying today's broadcast with our featured author? You can find out more about them and other authors from Baker Publishing Group at bakerbookhouse.com. Use code MADLIT40 for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title at bakerbookhouse.com. This also includes Ravel and Bethany House Publishing. Go over fast. It's MADLIT40. That's your magic code for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title. I've heard stories of authors talk about this, like this big thing was happening in my life and God wove it into my story. And and you kind of look at that and you're like, wow, I almost don't want that to happen because it sounds (laughs) sounds dramatic, right? Sometimes it can be really, really bad, Mm -hmm. but, um, ironically, God did that for me. So when I was, I was, well, first of all, when I first started writing it, I had COVID, which, helped me to write it really fast because I had nothing else to do. But while I had COVID, I was looking at my throat and I noticed I had a lump back there, mm-hmm. like in the soft palate. And um, I had to wait until I felt better. And then I went to the doctor and basically found out it was a tumor Ooh. and that there was a 50% chance that it was cancerous, mm. which was frightening. Um, so I actually had to have a CAT scan and (laughs) this is kind of frightening in and of self. The doctor called or the nurse called a couple days after I had the CAT scan. And she said, the doctor would like to see you and your husband or not you and your husband. He would like to see you as soon as possible. Mm. And I thought, Oh my gosh, they found something else. So I, I went in the very next morning with my husband and the doctor said, no, I didn't see anything else. I just wanted to examine oh. it again myself. <laughs> I didn't sleep that whole night. I didn't eat. It was no horrible. kidding. 
So I had to wait for the holidays and then finally um, had it removed and then had to wait another week for the pathology to come back. And thankfully it was benign. It was not cancerous. Yeah. But while I was waiting, I finished the story Mm. and I, I wrote the last few chapters where Libby is dealing with her own, the own issue of sovereignty, like, God, are you still good if this thing that I want does not happen? And so it was huge. And it, and it, I think, I hope it permeates onto the page because I was feeling that myself in in a different way, but yeah. Well, yeah, you're definitely, I don't want to say mimicking, but uh, paralleling the heroine on that cusp of one or two outcomes and which one is it going to be? And you know, which one you want, but you don't know if you can have it. And right. Yeah. I got goosebumps when you're telling that story. Cause it, yeah, the God, the Lord's sovereignty is such a true fact and it's never failed. Right. And yet it's so hard to trust, which to me is funny. And in, in, there's some irony in it when you think about how he's never failed. His sovereignty has never proved to be faulty. And yet it's the hardest thing I personally, at least have. Right to give my faith to like, I'll sit in my chair and assume it's going to hold me, but the idea of God holding me, right. Are you sure? (laughs) Right. And I, and I think partially it's because I mean, we're afraid that maybe this one time, right. So he's of all eternity, he's taking care of all of his children, but maybe me this one time, Mm -hmm. not going to be the case, but, um, it was actually kind of cool because um, my editor at Bethany house, she read it, you know, the first time. And then when she went through again to do content edits, she wrote a message to me and she said, wow, it just was so powerful the second time, even more powerful for her to see the sovereignty of God play out. So that was awesome. I, I give God the credit for that because he pulled this whole story together. He really did. Yeah. It it's, even the whole idea, how it came about and everything, it just kind of dropped in my head one day. I wasn't even looking for it. So it's his story. It's neat when God works like that. And I think readers are going to enjoy two parts to this. One, they're going to enjoy reading the story. And two, they're going to love the fact that when the story's over, there's a whole backlog of Gabrielle Meyer books that they can read, right? So this isn't like <laughs> yeah. read one book and then go, oh, I have to wait forever for another. Right. I've got 25 more I can read. Exactly. <laughs> so for yeah. readers for readers who want to get caught up with you, learn about you if they don't already know you, where can they find you and find out more information about you? Sure. Um, the best place to find me is gabrielmeyer.com. And um, you can see all of my books there. I have all of my uh, links to my social media accounts. I will have to say that Facebook is my favorite. I don't know why. I think it's because I'm 42 years old. Probably. It's our generation. To be, it's I mean, our generation. Yeah. <laughs> Embrace it. Uh, yeah. Because my girls, I have teenage girls and yeah, yeah Facebook is not their no. choice, Mm-mm. but I also am on Instagram. I enjoy being on Instagram too. So those are the two places that I hang out the most. Okay. Social awesome. Media. awesome. Yeah. And yeah. And then you are also um, really good friends with author Erica Vetch. I am. Yeah. So you guys are always doing fun things online too. So if readers are following you, they get the extra bonus of all other kinds of author events and stuff too. So yep. Super. That's fun. definitely the, probably my favorite part of the whole writing community is just all yeah. of the fun relationships that, that we all have. Right. It's definitely, definitely true. Well, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing not just your story, but also 
the heart behind the message in your story. I think mm-hmm. that personal element that you're vulnerable and share with us really adds a lot of depth to the story. And that's, that's what we're all about here. So I appreciate you and your time. And I cannot mm-hmm. wait to read this baby. Well, thank <laughs> you so much for having me. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Madlit Musings. You can find out more information about Madlit and all that it has to offer at madlitmentoring.com. That's madlitmentoring.com. Or check out more about Jamie Jo Wright at jamiewrightbooks.com.